0: Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast with our senior pastor, Ben Martinez. Don't forget to check out our website at Calvarychapelubbock.church. There you'll find a lot more about our mission to love God, love people, and live radically. Now here's Pastor Ben. One of the things I want you to do is look at your Bible because I want you to notice with me in verse 1 of chapter 18. Notice what it says. It says, after these things, I saw another angel coming down from heaven, having great authority, and the earth was illuminated with his glory. Now, what you need to know is chapter 18 starts off, if you will, it starts off with after these things, after these things. Now, the question this evening that we have to ask ourselves is, what things? What is he talking about in chapter 18? Well, if you recall, we spent the last two weeks in chapter 17, just which we discovered that at this time in the tribulation. Now, put your thinking caps on. Let me try to see if I can, uh, just, uh, just educate us, okay? We're, we're, the first three and a half years is called the tribulation, okay? The last three and a half is called the great tribulation. That's because when all hell breaks loose on earth, the earth itself is groaning even now for the return of the Lord. But here it's going to be just, if we look at chapter 16 and then we talk about chapter 17, remember chapter 16, the earth is really unrecognizable. It really is. The sea is completely destroyed. The fish in the sea are gone. It stinks. It smells. Okay, all the fresh water is gone. There's no food. There's a famine. All of these things are going down. There's boils and there's darkness that hurts. And there's all kinds of stuff happening in chapter 16. But we've already gone through, what, 14, right? We've already gone through 14 judgments in sequential order, intensifying slowly, 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 hoping that men would repent. Well, here we are. In chapter 17, if you recall, the false prophet comes in, guys, and, and what he does is we discovered this false worship system taking place on earth. This new religion, if you will, but it's a false religion because it actually is, is titled, it's known as Mystery Babylon The Great Mother of Harlots. So when you look at that at chapter 17, you could draw a line in your Bible and you could put, this is a false religion. This is the false religious system. The Antichrist is going to come and set this up. Now, remember, this is a worship system, but it's head up by the false prophet. Okay? And its purpose, its sole purpose, is none other than to seduce the world into worshiping the beast. You need to understand that, remember, that when Satan was the in heaven, he said in Isaiah, I am going to be like God. I'm going to send to that. And he wanted to be worshiped. And God's like, not on my watch. Boom, it cast him down to earth. And, and, you know, angels came with them, which are now demons. This is all true. But the, the thing about it is that, again, so what's he gonna do? He wants to be worshiped. But see, Satan knows his fate. He knows where he's going to end up. But what he wants to do is he wants to get the world not to worship God, but to worship him. And that's really been his ploy all along for every one of us. Well, Ben, we're not in the, we're not in the tribulation. No, we're not, but we've had tribulation. And his goal for us is not to worship God. Well, I'm not going to worship the devil. No, we're not going to worship the devil. But what he wants to do is, what does he want to do? He wants to stumble us in our walks to where we're not worshiping God because we feel like we've been given, we feel like we've been given just false information that as believers that we should never go through anything rough. Well, you're the body of Christ and you're the head and not the tail and you should be blessed. But we go through a lot of hard times. And the purpose of those hard times is to see the glory of God work through and in our lives. And so again, we see this, and it's just—it's just so amazing. But the Antichrist, this Beast, wants to be worshipped. And then at the end of chapter 17, if you recall, guys, we saw the victory of the Lamb as men tried, their, right? As men they tried their back on Jesus, and they turned their back on Jesus, and they shake their fist at God. God says, "No, no, no." Here's what I'm going to do. You want to turn your back on me? You want to shake your fist at me? Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you what you've all, you've wanted all along, which is what? It's a world without God. Very, a world without God. And what does he do? He leads them, if you will, to the ultimate war in the valley of Megiddo. Megiddo. Now, what's super cool is that if you go to Israel, now I don't know what, what, what the future holds about going to Israel. But I've been in Israel, and I've stood at Mount Carmel, and I've seen the Valley of Megiddo. It's real. This is going to go down right there. It's as plain and clear, the way things are set up, from Mount Carmel, looking down to the valley, as you can see anywhere, as, as, as Lubbock, Texas, is walking out this door. That's how clear it is. The Lord's going to bring them to this valley, right? And in chapter 17, verse 17, it says this, For God has put it in the hearts to fulfill his purpose, to be of one mind and give the kingdom of the beast until the words of God are fulfilled. Look at verse 18. And the woman whom you saw is that great city which reigns over the kings of the earth. Now, listen, listen. There are two thoughts. Let me give you two thoughts to what exactly Babylon is here in chapter 18. You go, what's that? Well, number one, first school of thought is Babylon is a great commercial and economic system set up in the last days. We talked about an economic system. As a matter of fact, you know where the world's going. You know that the world is going into a one cashless, one world a currency, okay? And what I find interesting is that growing up in the 80s and the 90s and so forth, we never understood digital currency but really ever since the banks and you take your cash and you put it in the bank and they give you a piece of paper you never really had currency it was all digital and so again now we're moving to a place where that's not even going to be possible and you could see glimpses guys in this pandemic you can see a little bit of hey we don't take cash anymore and we we're we're really low on ch- they're 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 conditioning uh the world to not have cash and let's swipe the card let's swipe the card you know why? because I can control you more with a card than I can with cash you see I can control interest rates or I can I can I can approve or decline the transaction there's a lot what we can do but I digress this is what people think let's let's go back into it okay now So a lot of people feel like the Babylon here that we're going to talk about is a great commercial and economic system. Everybody got that? That's one school of thought. But I want you to remember, I want you to remember right now, the three most talked about issues today in America are what? Well, the first one is political. That's talked about all the time, okay? And it's either Republican, Democrat, we talked about elections, we talked about law, we talked about governments, we talked about mandates. This is all going on, okay? This government is big news in our lives today, amen? It just really is. More than ever before. More than ever before. Government, elections, all of this. And so we're dealing with that every single day. Okay, well... What about this? And, and even now in California, you guys know there's a, there's a huge recall election coming up on the 14th. It's all government. It's going to be part of the news. He goes, okay, I'm with you. That's talked about in, in social media circles and, 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 and so forth. The second thing most talked about, guys, in the world today is religious. Religion. When they talk about church, we talk about denominations, we talk about affiliations, we talk about being spiritual. That's what's being talked about, okay? Specifically when all of a sudden, and, and guys, it's still happening today, we just don't hear of it, but churches are being shut down still. Churches are going, okay, you know what? And and I understand, and that was part of my plea when I say, hey, please be careful, okay? Um, please use good hygiene, Because because we don't want to see you sick. But what's happening is that there's a lot of places where churches are still being shut down. And you realize, I don't know if you realized. Very few, very few world or United States, very few churches made it through the pandemic. They were holding on by a thread and this happened and it was like, okay, we're done. There were several pastors that just called it quits. They didn't need a reason. This came in. They're like, I'm done. I'm done. But we need the church, guys. We need the church. The Bible says not to forsake the assembling together. The assembling together. Listen, it's amazing that we can use technology. It's amazing that there are people who can watch us. And we'd love you. But the church is being able to come in here and see your face. And talk to you and say, t- how are you? Let me pray for you. That's what God does. He designed us to be a community of believers that do life together. And part of that life is being able to pray and talk and see your face. And, and, and don't let that go. Don't let that go. And then the last, the last of the most talked about issues in America are, guys, Economics. Okay, economics. You guys know this. Let me just let me just replay. Right now, there are how many people looking for jobs? There are how many people, how many places are going, we're hiring, we're hiring, we're hiring. Please excuse me if we don't serve you very well, we're short staffed. Some of our favorite restaurants, Tony, some of our favorite restaurants are closed because they don't have enough staff. What? So that plays into economics, but, but we don't even have to talk into how many people are getting fired for doing or not doing something. And now we're that, that's, you, you see how all is going to, it's going gonna, it's gonna to trickle. It's going to just affect everyone. And, and, and think about it. Think about our interest rates. Okay. Think about gas prices. Think about the current inflation. We, we, we went to sleep one night and woke up and everything was different. Right? Think about wages. Think about jobs. Guys, we just shake our heads. We just shake our heads. Why, why are people not working? Why are they not getting jobs? And, and, and what's, what changed? That's in our world today it's going to be the very same thing in the last days of the tribulation, okay? So let's connect the dots, guys. I'm not saying this is happening, but think about it. What if we are just, this is just going to usher us into, nothing has to change. Nothing has to change. Okay? Now, if I were to say, okay, here's what I would say. I would go to my wife and I'd say, sweetie, I think I want to do Whatever, I want to be able to run, I want to run a half marathon. Okay, my wife is not going to look at me and say, well, get out there and do it. What is she going to say? Okay, you need to condition first. Wouldn't you guys agree? We all have to condition for whatever we're going to do. So she'd say, okay, so go run a mile, run a mile, okay. (sighs) Right, we run a mile but eventually over 6 months I'm a little bit more a little bit more a little bit more right it's called conditioning that's what the world that's what the enemy that's what the spirit of antichrist is doing he's conditioning the world not us okay we're here we're listening we're waiting for God to come but he's been conditioning the world so when it comes down nobody's going to resist I find it interesting, Revelation chapter 13, the Antichrist says, and he causes both small and great, all of that, right, rich and poor, no matter who you are, he causes you to take a mark, now the word cause there means you're not going to have a choice, and I see that even today, don't you, and it's not even the mark, It's it's not the mark of the beast. But it's the same word. he... Listen, even today, the current administration has, has put out several... And they're not even incentives. They're several... This is what we're going to do. Almost going to your house door to door to make sure this is what we want to get done. That's the same word. You don't have a choice. So when I read Revelation 13... I feel like I'm reading today's newspaper. I feel like it's all coming up. My heart breaks for the young people. My heart breaks for Gabby. Because she has her whole life ahead of her. But the life is not going to be the same life that we used to have. She doesn't know what next year's going to hold. She was talking, I'm going to go to college. And I go, amen. But, Lord... And so again, guys, think about what's going on. This is all going to be happen. This is the same thing we're talking about today. The same problems are going to be intensified. You see, what we need to understand is the spirit of Antichrist is already here. The spirit of Antichrist. As a matter of fact, listen, we're living living in a time where Satan doesn't even hide anymore. And the world can't see him. You see, he used to hide behind, he used to, he would be the spirit behind stuff. Now he's like, what? What are you gonna do? And nobody sees it. We've got one thing on the brain, and I'm I'm using big broad brushes, you understand that we've got one thing. Let's get back to normal. Let's get back to normal where I could get on an airplane and I don't have to wear a mask, or let's get back to normal when we can do this and we can do that. And we want normal listen, there is no normal. There's no normal. Life is different. And I, i for one, am the same as you. I'm like tripping because I never thought we'd be here. I never thought. I'll never forget as long as I live. I'll probably take it to my grave. Nathalie came to me in January and she goes, look, you need to see this. There's this virus going around. It's coming from China. This is, and people are dying and you need to, Nathalie, no. I said, our government wouldn't allow that to happen over here. I mean... That's what I told her. I really believe that. And boy, was I wrong. Our lives have changed, have they not? The spirit of Antichrist is here. Satan, guys, he's not even hiding anymore. He's not even hiding anymore. So put on your thinking caps for just a moment. The Antichrist counterfeits God's system, doesn't he? He always has. He always has. And so he sets up, what's he going to do? First and foremost, now here's the beauty of this, okay? The beauty of this is you won't be here, okay? So you got to go, yeah, that's 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 what's going to happen. But he's going to set up a false political system, okay? Two weeks ago, we saw the religious system that's false, and today, we're going to see that there is a rise and fall in a great economic system. Now, I really wanted to spend some time with Mike Shaw and just talk about um, really the, the, the global currency and how it works. And I'm telling you, sometimes he'll be talking about XRP or something, and I'm like, how does I, right? I don't understand how any of that, right? The kids came in selling candy. I have a dollar. Boom. There you go. That's my, that's how I know. Give it a year. That same box of candy is going to come in. They'll have a little scanner watch. Beep. There you go. And we'll be buying five or six or 10 or 15 or 60 bars of chocolate. Okay? That's the first school of thought, that Babylon today is economic. The second school of thought, and I want to give this out there because this is a teaching church, that Babylon here is a literal city that will be rebuilt. Okay? So four times in this chapter, Babylon is called a city. And that's why people think, oh, okay, it's a literal city. Everybody got that. So one school of thought, it's a political or economic system. This school says, no, 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 it's not that. It's a, it's a city. It's a little city that's going to be rebuilt. It's going to be called, it's going to be called Babylon. Here's my, here's my thought. Okay, I believe that it could be both. I really do, or at least a little of both. Right, a literal city with a with a wide economic system set up to deceive God's people once. Again, God's people. So, John writes in verse 1 of chapter 18, after these things, what things? The religious system has been brought down, okay? The Antichrist will think the world is basically at his command, but like Humpty Dumpty, okay? He'll have a great fall, and he'll never be put back together again. That's what's going down in chapter 18. Once again, If you're taking notes, chapter 17 described, you can write this next to it, spiritual Babylon. Here in chapter 18, we're going to see a political and economic Babylon. Okay? The Antichrist, the Antichrist. As a matter of fact, I was talking to my brother the other day. He called me uh, for my birthday, and he goes, I just, when I listen to your podcast, all you do is talk about the Antichrist. I don't like when you talk about the Antichrist. I said, I know, but he's here. He's here. He's here. And let me just say this. Not that you and I should be looking for him, but I bet he's alive right now. Wouldn't you agree? We just don't know. So the Antichrist will slide into power very easily, very peacefully. But in the end, guys, his fall will throw everything even to more chaos, if you can imagine. If you can imagine. Okay? Also... In this chapter, guys, God calls out the people to leave Babylon, to leave Babylon. Very interesting, God's people. We'll see why in just a minute. Let's read verses 1 through 8, guys, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about it. Revelation 18 says, After these things I saw another angel coming down from heaven, having a great authority, and the earth was illuminated with his glory. And he cried mightily with a loud voice, saying, Babylon the Great is fallen, is fallen, and has become a dwelling place of demons, a prison for every foul spirit, a cage for every unclean hated bird. For all the nations have drunk the wine of the wrath of her fornication. The kings of the earth have committed fornications with her. The merchants of the earth have become rich through the abundance of her luxury. I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, lest you share in her sins, lest you receive of her plagues, for the sins have reached to heaven, and God has remembered her iniquities. Render to her as she's rendered to you, and repay her double according to her works. In the cup which she has mixed, mix double for her. In the measure that she glorified herself and lived luxuriously, in the same measure give her torment and sorrow. For she says in her heart, I sit as a queen, and I am no widow, and I will not see sorrow. Therefore, her plagues will come in one day, death, mourning, and famine, and she will be utterly burned with fire. For strong is the Lord God who judges her. Now, that's a lot. That's a lot. Okay? Now, again, let me remind you. Okay? Babylon, an economic system. Okay, a false economic system, political system, also too, could be a literal city. But now it's fallen. There's some there's this is this is this is going down. But first we need to understand the proclamation of the judgment, okay? Because this is going down. The first three verses here's the swift and severe destruction of the Antichrist headquarters. Okay? It says here, and and he cried mightily with a loud voice, saying, Babylon the great has fallen, has fallen, has become what? A dwelling place for demons. A prison for every foul spirit and a cage for every clean and hated bird. Now, what we have to do is we have to note. We have to note the word fallen. Okay? We see that now, again, when God's word speaks and we see a couple of things, like if you were here on Sunday, if you recall, remember that people said, Lord, Lord, did we not do this in your name? Lord, Lord. So whenever you see twice, it, it, it really emphasizes. But here he's saying, the angel proclaimed twice. That Babylon has fallen. Why? Why would he say that? Here's why. Jot this down. Because there are two great falls. There are two great falls. What's that? The fall of spiritual Babylon and now the fall of economic Babylon. Both of them have fallen. Okay? So, the two Babylons here, guys, are similar, the spiritual and the economic, but yet distinct. How so? Well, let's look at some similarities. Okay? Spiritual And economic, both are under the rule of the Antichrist. You go, okay, I'm with you. Both are ruling like royalty, and they're filled with blasphemy. Both spiritual and economic hate and kill God's people. Do you guys realize that? Because you remember that the false, the religious system, is going to go after the saints. She wants to kill them. So those who decide that, hey, I'm not going to give my life to the Lord. I'm not going to do this. I think everything's going to be fine. And they're left behind. They're going to be persecuted. Do you all remember remember watching the, the rapture movies, the left behind movies, the thief in the night back in the 70s, the first came out? All of these movies, right? Well, in the last one... Okay, the last one Nicholas Cage did, and it was The Left Behind, they did a remake and all that stuff, and, and um, there wasn't a pandemic. There wasn't a pandemic when they did these movies, so all of a sudden, people were living normal lives, going to the mall, shopping, no, no worries, there wasn't anything, and then they were raptured, and, and, and then all, you, you guys, you, you remember those movies, right? But now it's different. That's different. And I'm thinking, we've seen the movies where they do persecute God's people. We've seen the movies. It's like, oh, and, 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 and it, it tried to pull at our, our, our heartstrings, but what if it's even worse that we could even imagine? What if it's so bad that I mean because again all of this has 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 flipped us upside down what if what if the it says here that both the religious system and the economic system want to kill God's people What if that's so bad the persecution's so bad Could you imagine for just a moment and I'm not I'm not talking to you cuz my prayer is that you are you are fully devoted followers of Jesus and we're going to be out of here but here's my, here's here's the thought okay what if, what would it be like, let me say it this way, as a believer, a Christian, in a world that's run economically by the Antichrist? We're, we're not going to get the same pay. We're not going to get the benefits. We're not going to have a credit line. We're not going to be able to buy. Do you understand what? how that would look economically? the persecution now you go well they i'm going to i'm going to just kind of hide under the radar i'm not going to you know nobody will see but eventually you'll go to the store you'll have the mark i guarantee you i just think about this way just think about it, okay this is just my opinion okay don't write me any emails this is my just my opinion but can you imagine after chapter 13, you decide to go to the store and they say, excuse me, sir, can I see your mark? Because you're not, you're not able to buy or sell unless you have the mark. Now, we know, we know what taking the mark does, right? We know that it condemns you to hell. I mean, that's it. There's no, there's no repenting from the mark. So, listen, if you're watching this, don't take the mark. Whatever you do, don't take the mark. Give your life to Jesus Christ. But it wouldn't surprise me, come on somebody, you're, you're gonna, this is going to click. It wouldn't surprise me if you walk into the store and you say, hey, I just need to buy some groceries, my baby is, is hungry, we don't have any food. And I say, I "Wonder, no problem, let me see your mark, put your, put your hand out. Well, I, I'm not sure about the mark. I haven't really fully researched it. No problem, sir. Right over there. Where our baskets used to be, we have a system set up where you could get the mark today and you could be shopping in less than five minutes. Would you like to do that? Well, sir, I'm sorry. If you don't have the mark, you're not going to be able to enter into our establishment. But listen, if you just come over here, we can take care of this. Sound familiar at all? Sound familiar? We have to be careful. And the point is is that both spiritual Babylon and economic Babylon, I mean, they, they, they hate. They hate and kill God's people. So if you decide to hang out through the tribulation, you're not going to be treated fairly. And you would most likely die for your faith. What's the third one? Both are under God's judgment. Both are under God's judgment. But they're also different. How so? Well, remember that religious Babylon is given a title. What was her title? It was Mystery Babylon, the Mother of Great Harlots. But in chapter 18, here's the difference. Babylon is simply called Babylon the Great. Okay? You with me? I don't teach revelation. I don't understand it. No, it's really simple. Okay? Mystery Babylon, Mother of Harlots, is the false religious system. Babylon the Great is the economic and political system that the Antichrist is going to set up. Listen to me. These are the three things that, that's plaguing our nation today and even our world. And even our world. In chapter 17, if you recall, Babylon, a woman, guild of religious evil, in chapter 18... It's a great city with commercial greed. Now, let me just stop right here, because this blows my mind. This really blows my mind. We have studied sequentially all of the judgments, the seal judgments, the bowl judgments, all of these, right, the trumpet judgments. And the world is a mess. And as I was studying chapter 18, you realize that the economic system for the world is going to be luxurious. I'm going, this doesn't make sense but it's going to be so commercial that the system is going to be rich. And I'm, I'm, I'm blown away because I'm like, listen, the, 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 the sea out there is stinking. This is weird. This is weird. Unless, what's that, Pastor? Unless, bro... Um, Chapter 17 and 18 chronologically happened before the trumpet judgment of chapter 16. That makes more sense, doesn't it? Where you have a world rich. Rich. Well, how so? Well, think about it. Look at 3. Look at 3B. The kings of the earth, what did they do, guys? They committed fornication with her. The merchants, circle that word in your Bible... For they, the merchants of the earth, have become rich through the abundance of her luxury. Guys, they're rich. The Antichrist will be an amazing human being. Why? He will be able to somehow build an economic system in the midst of the worst time in history. Wait, 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 stop. I just want normal. I just just want normal. I just want, I just want, listen, I just want to pay my bills. I want to, I want to drive. I just want to pay my bills. I want to, I want to, I just want to live. I'd love to go on a vacation. I just want normal. But see, this guy, guys, the whole world's falling apart. Who is not going to look to him for salvation if he has a great economic plan? To put money in your bank account. Well, Well, let's talk about this. Let's talk about this, Cherie. How about this? How about this? How about, listen, let's go back to chapter 13. Hey, listen, um, Mr. Martinez, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if you if you take the mark, listen, we can have you shopping it. But as a matter of fact, listen, let me offer you an incentive. There's a $5,000 incentive for you to go ahead and take the mark. Wow. Oh, our government wouldn't do that, right? I don't oh, know. Would they? But the Antichrist would. I just wonder. I just wonder. Why? Because he's going to be rich. And who wouldn't want to do that? Who wouldn't want to go, wait, listen, I'm starving to death. My kids are starving to death. I'll do it. I just wonder. Don't you ever wonder? Do you ever wonder to be like, well, Mr. Martinez, you took the mark? Yeah, I took the mark. Um, you're welcome to shop here, but you can't take your food home because we know. How do you know? We know that your family doesn't have the mark. We know that your wife hasn't have the mark, and your family, your kids don't have the mark. And and listen, we just want we just we're just one big family. We want everybody to just live. But I need to buy food for my family. Well, you're welcome to eat as much as you want, but listen. We it's against the law. Would it be Mike? Would it be against the law for me to take home because maybe I'm harboring now a f- fugitive? Hm. But the Antichrist is going to be rich. Now here, I want you to put your imagination stations on Tink. Rapture ooh, gone. Seven years, guys, of horrible, horrid famine, looting. Riots. Now, I know that's hard to comprehend, but this is what's going to happen. This guy, the Antichrist, is going to step up. He's going to make everything seem much, much, much more normal. And then he will actually make things better. And you go, wait a minute. How? How? During this time, guys, during this time, there will be much trade and luxury during this time. How so? Well, the world will not necessarily, necessarily, now listen, it won't necessarily become communistic. But it will become feverishly capitalistic. Like, whoa. See, here's what capitalism is. It's defined this way. An economic and political system in which the country's trade, and industry are controlled by private owners for profit rather than the state. That's capitalism. If any government any government says, here, take our power and they give it to an individual we know as the Antichrist, then what happens is now we're not communistic so much, we're now capitalistic. And based upon what we've studied, we have the we have the seven horns. Three are gone. And the Antichrist is is ruling and reigning. So he's gonna make it better. See, the world at this time, Amanda, is going to be led by much more materialistic stupor. People will probably do just about anything for money. And when it's gone, what's going to happen? The world is going to collapse. It's going to collapse. Now, are we not seeing this happen right now? Think about this. Think about this, James, James, write this, jot this down, James chapter five, one, two, three, He says this, he says, "Come now, you rich, weep and howl for your miseries are coming upon you, your riches are corrupted, your garments are moth-eaten, your gold and silver are corroded, and their corrosion will be a witness against you, and will eat your flesh like fire. you have heaped up treasure in." The last days, and that's what's important. The last days. So James is going, "Hey, listen. This is what this is what drives us. This is what drives us. It's money." And and James says, "Listen, it's in the last days, man. It's gonna, it's gonna. It's, you, you need to weep and howl. Your miseries are coming upon you." I was talking to Mike O'Reilly. We need to pray for them. They're on a flight right now. But I was talking to Mike O'Reilly, and he said, he said, what are the two commodities in the last days that you would invest in? And one of them said gold. And Mike said, you know what I'd invest in? Ammunition. And the guy said, well, why would you invest in ammunition? He said, so I have enough to come and take your gold? Doesn't that make sense? That's what James says. But also too, guys, listen, there's there's demons. Notice verse 2. The demons are going to feel at home in this city. Because why? The value system is opposed to God. This could account for the massive worldwide demonic deception going on at this time. Okay? And verse 3 gives us the very people that will fall in a life of luxury. Who are they? Notice verse 3 again. It says, Kings... It says nations and merchants, okay? If you'll think about it, all three encompass the world. Nations, kings, and merchants, okay? Now, here's what I want you to note. Note the abomination that God gives to his people. What's that? Look at verse 4. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, come out of her, my people, lest you share in her sins, lest you receive her plagues, okay? Seven times in the Bible, God calls his people to come out of Babylon. Now, now, listen, God always calls his people to come out of a godless system, come out, right? Now, we have seen so far in our study that many people will get saved during the tribulation period. You understand that? Okay? Many will be killed for their faith during this time, but many will survive. Those who survive will grow weary, listen to me, and be tempted to get involved in a godless hedonistic system. Okay? Ben, what did what did you just say? Think about what it happens, okay? You get left behind and you make it through. But you're a Christian. And you're surviving. By the end of seven years, by the end, you're, you're probably so worn out that you'd either rather die or you might even be tempted to go, I give up. I'm going to go, I'm going to join this. And so maybe they're part of this whole city. Maybe they're part of the economic system. But here's what we got to understand. The Lord says, come out, come out. Why? Because he says, lest you share in her sins and you receive her plagues. Now, here's what we need to... God specifically mentions what? Idolatry, pride, luxury. Don't share in those. Don't share in those, guys. But I think there's a great applicational point we can make here. You go, what's that? We have to examine our hearts. What do you mean? Do our actions, do our behavior reflect a love for God or a love for the world that's a good question to ask right do our actions the way we behave does it reflect that we love god are we giving our money away are we heating it up for ourselves are we sharing are we are we trying to bless people are we focused and have a love For ourselves. Now, there's nothing wrong with trying to pay off your bills, and there's nothing wrong with getting debt free. There's nothing wrong with working and having money. But what I'm saying is, what's our attitude towards that? Our attitude should be, you know what, Lord? I have seen you take care of us time and time and time and time and time again, and it looks like every one of us in here has not missed a meal. God is good to us. Right? If you missed a meal, it's because you wanted to. Now, in verse 5, God remembers. This is interesting in light of the history of Babylon. Why? Because you guys remember where it came from, the ancient tower of Babel, right? Guess what? Remember what they were trying to do? They were trying to reach the heavens. Well, the builders didn't, you know, the tower didn't reach to heaven, but guess what did? The sins of the builders did, Huh? And this is God goes, I remember that. Get out from them. Get out. Well, it goes on in verse 9 through 19. Notice, and, and we'll just kind of read. This is the, sour, the, the, the sorrow and grief of these kings and merchants. Look, the kings, okay, of the earth, these are the presidents, these are the leaders of the earth who committed fornication. They joined, um, they joined economic Babylon, political Babylon. They live luxuriously and with her and will weep and lament for her. Do you guys see that? Underline that in your Bible. When they see the smoke of her burning. Standing in a distance for fear of her torment, saying, Alas, alas, this great city Babylon, that mighty city. For in one hour your judgment has come. Now the merchants of the earth will weep and mourn for her. For no one buys their merchandise anymore merchandise of gold and silver, precious stones and pearls, fine linen and pearls, silk, scarlet, every kind of uh, citron wood, every kind of object of ivory, every kind of object, the most precious wood, bronze, iron, marble, the cinnamon, the incense, the fragrant oil, the frankincense, wine, oil, fine flour, wheat, cattle, sheep, horses, chariots, the bodies and the souls of men. The fruit, he says, that your soul longed for has gone from you and all the things which are rich and splendid, have gone from you, and you shall find them no more. The merchants in these things, who became rich by her, will stand at a distance for fear of her torment, weeping and wailing and saying, Alas, alas, the great city that was clothed with fine linen, purple and scarlet, and adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls. For one hour, such great riches came to nothing, every shipmaster, all who traveled by ship, sailors and as many as trade on the sea stood at a distance and cried out when they saw the smoke of her burning, saying, What is like this great city? And they threw the dust on their heads and cried out, weeping and wailing, saying, Alas, alas, that great city, which all has ships in the sea, became rich by her wealth, and for one hour she is made desolate. Wow. The Lord here gives us, guys, just a partial uh, inventory of the assets of the world system. Did you see that? As a matter of fact, you don't have to count them, but he lists 28 commodities. You go, Ben, what's a commodity? The commodity is all that keeps the world going. All the commodities in the world will be going on. But what I found interesting is, did you catch that in the midst of this? Did you catch it at the end of verse 15? It says, um, or wait, let's go back. Let's go back. Um, it was at the end of verse 13. Excuse me. It says, and cinnamon and incense, fragrant, oil. Look at all these Look at all these commodities. Wine, oil, fine flour, wheat, cattle. We've got some, some steak in there, some sheep, horses, chariots, all of these things. But he says this, but the bodies and souls of men. Did you catch that? Did you catch that? You go, wow. The world system right here also will involve the bodies and the souls of men. Let me ask you, put on your thinking caps for just a moment. What do you think that means? What would be a great commodity that would require a body and soul? Crazy, isn't it? Considering... How much sex trafficking has gone up? You go, it's not only sex trafficking, but think about this. Think about this. Do you realize that a huge commodity is is organs? A heart, liver, people who need this. That's a commodity. And he goes, man, this is all part of it. In verse 16, it says that the merchants became rich. Guys, the merchants of the world became rich. And here's what they're going to do. They're going to stand weeping and wailing. Can you imagine? <laughs> they're really weeping. Why? Because this whole section is devoted to the fact that the traders by the sea—they're lamenting as well. Perhaps this is referring to even oil-rich countries, guys, and they're dependent on the shipping trade. Everybody's weeping, and, and here's the problem: it's gone. It's gone. It's all, it's all gone. It's in one, it's all our money's gone. All our riches, our lifestyle. Three groups here, guys, I don't know if you caught it. Three groups are crying. Who is that? The kings. Oh, what's my country going to do now? The merchants. We're not going to be able to make money. We're not going to sell anything. And the distributors. How are we going to get that out? But I, In reading this, your heart should break as well as my heart. And you go, why is that? Because they're not lamenting over their sin, they're lamenting over their wallets. Wow. Wow. Well, what's the application for us, Pastor Ben? Guys, we can't take it with us. We can't take it with us. So, what should we do? Pay your bills? Bless other people. Give to the church. Bless people. Can't take it with us. Can't take it with us. Use it for his glory. Use it for his glory. Well, I don't have much. It's okay. Give what you can. But that's that's what he's saying, guys. But as believers, make sure that we're lamenting over our sin and not our wallets. My Jesus loves you so much that He came and He died on the cross so that you can be forgiven. He saved us, guys, from the pit of hell. Don't we feel foolish hanging on to a few extra bucks? He saved my sorry... Soul, what can I do for my Jesus? That's why the Christian should always say yes and amen, right? Yeah, what can you do? So, amen. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, yep, amen. Hey, Pastor, what do you Amen. Yeah, why? Because you know the value of what Jesus did for you and He saved you, and what we're getting. Guys, we get an eternal home where where the streets are are made of gold. We get an eternal home where it's going to be so awesome that none of this is going to matter. It's going to be so amazing. It's going to be so amazing. So the focus in our text, guys, is weeping, wailing, lamenting, the kings, the merchants. Not The lives lost in the city, they're not weeping over that. They're weeping over money. But I want you to think about this. None of these people here in the word of God are weeping over lost relationships or friendships. They're weeping because they lost their meal ticket. So if the tribulation is right around the corner from us, the need for normalcy will even be more in demand, would it not? As a matter of fact, this actually shows you the depths of which men will, will fall during the tribulation time. And it's really sad because they shot, they'll mourn because they can't shop anymore. But the scene changes, guys. In these last few verses, all of a sudden, the, the clicker goes to heaven. Okay? Look at verse 20 to 24. Rejoice over her, O heaven. You, holy apostles and prophets, for God has avenged you on her. Then a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and threw it into the sea, saying, "Thus, with violence, the great city Babylon shall be thrown down, and shall not be found any more. The sound of the harpist, musician, flutist, trumpeters shall not be heard in you any more. No craftsmen of any craft shall be found in you any more, and the sound of the millstone shall not be heard in you any more." The light of the lamp shall not shine in you anymore. The voice of the bridegroom and the bride shall not be heard in you anymore. For your merchants were great men of the earth. For by your sorcery, all the nations were deceived. And in her was found the blood of the prophets, saints, and all who were slain on the earth. Your attention, please. Earth is lamenting, but heaven is rejoicing. Heaven is rejoicing. So now that this empire is destroyed, well, it's not the end. It's not the end of the beast or the false prophet. You go, why not? Because listen, they are not there. They weren't in Babylon. They're going to show up again in chapter 19. But in heaven, there's some singing. Then the same group we met before, they're singing, when will you avenge our death? When? Now, we're still going to be partying, aren't we? Because it's the marriage supper of the Lamb, and the church is there, and we're just, wow. Wow. I think after seven years, we're still going to be stunned that we're there. You, you. But the tribulation saints are going to be going, look at that, look at that, finally, finally. And I'll tell you why. Because you and I will suffer persecution a little bit on this earth. But we're never going to suffer persecution like what the tribulation saints are going to go through. We're not. We're never going to suffer that, guys. Now, as we close, perfect timing. Before we go home tonight, I want to draw your attention back to verse 4. Why? Because what the Lord says to believers, I think it's application for us. How so? Well, Revelation 18, 4 says, And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her my people, lest you share in her sins, and lest you receive her plagues. You go, okay, I remember that. Well, see, I believe that the Lord is issuing a warning to those who have come to Christ living in that city. You go, yes. Come out lest you share in her sins. Why? Because if you don't, you're going to receive the results of her judgment. You're like, okay. So how does this apply to us? Well, I think it speaks to us in two ways, right? Number one, yet another illustration of how, listen, how the Lord likes to get his people out before divine judgment takes place. Okay. Come out before I judge the Babylon. Come out. Okay. So it's just a small evidence that, that I believe points to a pre-tribulation rapture. Come out. That's what he's telling us. Be right with the Lord. Before judgment comes to tribulation, the Lord is going to take us out of here. The Lord's going to take us out of here. That's the first one. Just a beautiful, small picture. Oh, nice little window. Amen. Amen. But number two, I think it's a good warning and a reminder. To who, Ben? To those living at this time and in this world system. You go, what's that? The Lord declares to us, come out from among them, says the Lord. And he says for us to be separate. Come out from among them. Okay? So what does that mean? We're supposed to be in the world, but not of the world. Okay? Okay. So, you have a job, you go to work every morning, you're in the world, you make money, but you're not of the world. And what he's telling us, now listen to me, we are not supposed to be wrapped up in the world and, we're to, and, and live to please ourselves. You go, Ben, okay, I'm with you, amen, amen. What should we do? Here's what we should do, guys. Our focus should be... How to live to please God. Okay? Romans. You guys know this. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. I beseech thee, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And what should I do? Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. Why, Lord, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable perfect will of God. God. How should we live, guys? Every morning we should get up and say, Lord, I want to live to please you. I know it doesn't always work. I know sometimes we get, we get tripped up and stumbled and, ah, and and bad people make us mad and we get in a bad mood or, or when Natalie was saying the other day, we all woke up on the wrong side of the bed, which I'm not sure what side that is. But, but you understand. But we want to wake up and we go, Lord, I'm here. I want to please you. I want to please you. What can I do to please you? And listen to him, because he'll direct you. And it might be for you, just a quick text. Hey, praying for you, bro. It might be, hey, I appreciate you. And it might be, hey, you doing all right? Are you really doing okay? Because I'll tell you why. If I go to Amanda and I say, Amanda, how you doing? And Amanda's, her her go-to response, anybody's go-to response is, I'm doing good, amen. I'm I'm, I'm doing, but how are you really doing? Well, you see, I'm getting old. My head—I mean, we—we—I mean, if somebody really pushes us, right, we'll tell them the truth. We'll tell them the truth. How you doing? Not good. Could you pray for me? Why? What's the matter, man? I'm just struggling in my walk. I'm struggling in my walk. Are you just going to preach that Jesus to me? I know. But he's the answer. I haven't even told you the question. He's the answer. He really is. He really is. Ben, I've been asking questions and God won't answer. Have you been in his word? No. Well, that's the answer. Get in his word. That's where he answers us. That's where he he speaks. Right? Mike, did we not say that? He speaks to us now, how? In the last days, he's going to speak to us, to his son? Yeah. Yeah. Guys, tonight, let us purpose. Let us purpose to please God. Lord, what can we do to please you? I just want to be found faithful. I just want to please you. I'm not perfect, but I just want to please you. Help me, Lord. on, On my own, I can't do it. But you can. And you don't know, you don't know, the impact your life makes when you just smile at somebody or you just say hi or you just you just don't know. Father, we thank you for your word tonight and the truth in your word. We thank you for your grace and your mercy in our lives. We thank you, God, that we can study what's about to happen and know that we don't have to be here. So Lord my prayer is through even I mean just think about it political and economic and religious God everything that's going in our country today Lord we know we know that this is not this is not new to you this is this is how it's going to go down so let me be pleasing to you let us be pleasing to you as a church let us purpose to go out tomorrow and love on people and invite him to church and let him be part of our family. And let's, Lord, let us, let us just um, watch you do incredible things. And Lord, if you would honor us and give us a privilege of being able to lead people to Christ, that would be amazing. I thank you for everyone that's here, Lord. Everyone that's here, our visitors, those watching online. We love you, God. And we thank you that you've already told us what's going to go down. We're not, I mean, what God does that? You've told us all that's going to go down and we love you for it. And so tonight, God, let us go out with joy, with thanksgiving, knowing that you've got this. You've got this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.